You're listening to Tiger's Eye, Episode 8. Within a second, the cup will be trampled, dead. Time slows. I have one moment to react. A single body movement will not be enough. I need three. Ibex upon us. One in the lead, almost on top of Miguel. With my right leg, I kick out. Catch its flank, push it away. Others behind this are knocked down in a tangle. Turn my body, right paw, circling through space. Grab his shirt. Bear up this light frame above the herd. Continuing circle. Tense up to spring up to the understory. I feel horns in my back. Bone, hooves, hair, and sinew roll over me. We are overcome with shocking force of momentum. I jump. I am clear. My body was hurt, bruised, badly. Ignore. No time. I do not make the understory. We descend again. Land on ground. Ibex nearly on us again. I transfer my grip of Miguel's shirt to between my jaws. He hangs in front of me. I feel his paws scrabble for purchase at my armor as he braces himself. Air Cheetah, I have neglected my prayers. I am sorry. Please guide my next spring. I seek only balance. I jump. Pain shoots through me. I feel the torrent of Capra pass beneath us as we claim the air. We cannot land down there again and must find a place up here. I have jumped towards a cellar tree, and it rushes into my grip. I scrabble up and leap back out towards another, pushing ever upwards until we find a large bow, where I drop Miguel down. Exhausted and crouch, panting. The red canopy of the jungle is just overhead. The scents are different up here. Plants of the air, not the earth. Insects in their millions chitter and buzz, filling the humid air with their cacophony. Flower petals of every shade and color part and draw open for them, invitingly. So much life. I can scarcely take it in as I lie panting for breath. He starts to say something. The leaves of the canopy detonate outwards and a hurricane of varicolored jungle birds dive bombs forth straight towards us. Time stands still once again as their frantic wing beats go languid and I realize I escaped nothing. I simply move to the next part of the jungle for the shaman to continue the second wave of his attack. One hundred sharp beaks are bearing down upon us, flanked with golden eyes of fiery determination. I grab Miguel once more, throwing him onto my back to cling for dear life as we leap out into the air again, bounding and scurrying along the branches that crisscross high above the jungle floor. My paws grip and spring with renewed vigor. I slide over slippery moss at breakneck speed. Supple, flexible living wood holds us aloft as we plunge downward, following the trail with the birds in hot pursuit. I grab vines, pull us up, and swing across the abyss between trees, ever onward. But we cannot move fast enough, and I keep having to change direction to remain up here. The birds are so close now. I can hear their storm of wing beats. Several of them overtake me, and as I feel impacts upon my fur, Miguel cries out in pain. They must have begun to peck and stab at him. Oh no! 
I spiral around to swat the closest birds away, and the inverted cup holds fast, now greeted by the sight of a dizzying drop wheeling above him. There are so many. I must get beyond Haka's sight. I drop into freefall and grasp the nearest trunk, spinning away from it and doubling back beneath our previous path. We plunge down far. I reach out to clasp a divine as it rushes past, jerking out into a spin and putting as much dense foliage as possible between the two of us and the birds. In a short while, they are out of sight. I continue to move, outpacing Haka, hopefully confusing him. This is my territory. There is no time to check to see if we were followed. We must hide. I alight the floor and look for a place of refuge. A cave. A log. I remember Miguel's first action on emerging from the river and seek out a hollow tree. It takes a nerve-wracking time to locate one that is large enough to squeeze into. My eventual choice has partially fallen down with exposed roots to obscure us from view. I frantically pad about inside for snakes and find only insects and worms in the damp soil. Sweeping them aside, I pull myself and Miguel into the musty hollow, enclosing us in rotting wood which overpowers my sense of smell. I glance at the cup. We are both gasping for breath and both attempting to control it. He places a pad to his mouth and whistles at me quietly between strained breaths. I sign back by placing my whole paw over my mouth. The jungle outside is eerily quiet. Some of the birds scatter overhead, but it seems like Haka has given up on that pursuit. I focus on my body. What is hurt? My legs are bruised, as I suspected. I have pulled muscles in my arms, a deep gash on my side from where a horn pierced it, and some ragged scratches from the rush through the understory. Miguel winces and paws at his back, where there are several cuts from the sharp beaks. I retrieve a salve from my pack, and he obediently unpeels his shirt to let me dab some of it on with a pad. The cub is trembling. He has no idea what just happened. He puts two pads up on either side of his head, resembling horns, then flaps his paws quickly, draws a pad across his throat, and points to me, and then himself, then gives the question sign. I mime fire talker and point to my armlet. I'm still not even sure if he knows what the shaman is, but he seems to comprehend. Question again. How? I ponder, then tap my forehead, tap his, gently grip his paws, and then mime puppeteering him like a wooden marionette. Then I make his horn and wing signs back at him. This he seems to grasp. He points to us both, Mime's walking fast and gives the question again. This I cannot answer. How do you get away from an entire jungle trying to kill you? This makes me think of the birds I ended trying to protect Miguel, and maybe that Ibex I kicked hard didn't survive either. For what it is worth, small creatures, this harm was not your doing, and I am sorry. Rest now. Go with the Father of Passing and return to this world in whatever form is next. We sit quietly. I have extended my senses, keeping sharp ears and nostrils open to the signs of encroaching attack. 
The jungle expands around us. The river rushes nearby, blowing the heavy air along with it to create fresh currents. I am hoping we have eluded Haka, that he will overtake us and move in the wrong direction of pursuit. Earth Jaguar, please cradle us in your forest. Mask our scent. Obscure all traces of us. I am pitting myself against a shaman with a direct line to these elemental gods. His requests will supersede my own, negligent as I have been in all matters spiritual for a long time. That is, unless he is acting upon his own will, and not that of the spirits, as I suspect he may be. In which case, they may guide us out of the path of this holy warrior, and Miguel may indeed be born to safety. Either way, consulting them and making my intentions known will remain a virtuous constant on this journey. If nothing else, it keeps my focus. So long as I have my intentions set, and my will bent on repairing the situation I have. I feel something approach. My eyes widen as I signal to Miguel to hold his breath with me. Scuttling steps through the undergrowth. Low growls. Slavering jaws. I smell Reptor and ready my spears sliding the hilt into my paws as quietly as possible. Miguel shrinks back, but flexes his pads and readies his bone knives, copycatting me. I put my eye to the mouth of the hollow and peer out of the darkness. The dark green shape raises its head and hisses, its forked tongue extending and scenting my air. It sees me with golden eyes. As soon as this happens, the gold disappears, and the reptor is left staring in my direction with its simple lizard brain. It turns and stalks off. Hagar has found us. Nothing happens. I listen intently and can just about make out the soft, skittering sounds of multiple approaching creatures. Then the monkeys commence their attack. Sharp, clawed paws encircle our hiding place, and I can feel a dozen or more bodies collide with the tree, tearing at it and now screeching with deafening intensity. The opening is ripped away and they are on us. I roar with fury and indignation, disregarding pain and fear, and burst forth from hiding, and stand my ground among them. Astonishingly, against these terrifying odds, Miguel hops onto my shoulder and roars with me. are surrounded by golden brown furry creatures with scaly, clever little hands, many of them gripping makeshift tools. 
each of them has the eyes of Haka. I whirl around as the ambush of monkeys swarm up the nearby trees, swinging in to snatch at the cub. I intercept them with my paws and the hilts of my spears, knocking them out of the air and scattering them back against one another. I bound across the floor, weaving around the trunks and branches as they dodged nimbly past my blows. I could slaughter them all. I have every practical reason to. But now that I have prayed for the birds and beasts that fell today at my paws, massacring these intelligent, manipulated creatures just feels like the wrong thing to do. I cannot win favor with the spirits in that way. I need to evade and deter them while I think of something else. The attack redoubles and I realize I have little choice. They are closing in. I feel them wriggle over my body as I leap closer to the riverbank. If we go in, I will lose my grip on Miguel. Haka will have the monkeys grab him away or send him into the jaws of the nearest water dweller. Suddenly, they are on my back. The cub cries out in pain as he is bitten and scratched, and my heart races as I swat them away in fury. One of them slices at the fastenings at the shoulder of my armor with a sharpened stone. Another bites my tail. Pain jabs at me, and instinct struggles to take over. There are too many to fight without sustaining fatal injuries, and exposed like this, Miguel will be dead in moments. I break free, and bound up onto gigantic tree roots as our attackers close in. I grip the bark with my lower paws, heft my spears, and prepare. Then I realize, in an instant, what has been happening. The ibex would kill Miguel, but most likely only wound me. The birds could not end my life, and I should most likely prevent a fatal fall, but I would probably lose my grip on Miguel. Fleeing would only lead to my exhaustion, and hiding leaves me in a stationary position to be sniffed out by reptors. He didn't send that creature in to attack me, as its venom would be deadly. Then, for the fight he has cornered me into, rather than sending in enormous rhinos or gorillas to finish me off and end both our lives, he has sent in a surgical team of simians to panic and distract me long enough to target Miguel. The sudden clarity opens my eyes. There is one possible gamble I can make, but it requires the greatest of risks. Haka! I yell at the monkeys who freeze in place and fix me with four dozen golden eyes. I crouch, raise my chin defiantly, and point both spearheads towards my throat, glaring into the gold. Time passes. Exhaustion threatens to engulf me. I grit my teeth, doing my best to ignore the burning in my limbs. The blades of my spears brush the fur, covering the tender skin of my neck, just above the armor. I am honestly not sure if this is a bluff or not, but I must not let the conflict register on my face. My expression must be fixed and determined. Single-minded resolve. Unbreakable. 
the monkeys dropped their tools as one, and on seeing me with their own eyes, now screech in fright and bound off in all directions, disappearing into the crimson forest. We are alone again. It worked. I am suddenly shaking with the realization of what I just determined myself to do. I drop my spears and lay my pads on the ground, kneeling in surrender for the aching toll these events have had upon my body. Miguel is panting for breath and now grips at his arm, which was badly torn in the melee. His blood has trickled onto my back. I bring him down and dress the wound. Then I attend to my own, stitching up my side and wrapping the chewed portion of my poor tail. As I work, he tries to say something to me. He, uh, you're welcome. If this cub lives, he will end up with more scars than the silent one. I glance across at a bright green mamba that has unfurled from the low-hanging branches of a tree nearby. Golden eyes gaze at me, but it does not make a move to strike. I shake my head at it very slowly. Then we back away and proceed upriver once again. This is, without a shadow of a doubt, not over yet. You've been listening to Tiger's Eye, written, edited, and produced by Alex Shaw with a full cast. Presenter, Daniel Floyd. Rao, performed by Maureen Foley. Miguel, performed by Alex Shaw. The main theme is Agent in Shanghai by 1M1 Music, courtesy of Shockwave Sounds. You also heard The Escalation, Tempting Secrets, Infados, and Whimsy Groove, performed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Wildcat, performed by Lyra Shaw. Our special sponsors this month were Nick Grugan, Joel Robinson, Russell Osborne, 
Maureen Foley, Ben Hayes, Stefan Gardinia, Kieran Datchler, Lorraine Chisham, Livio de la Cruz, Scott Corzine, and Erish Traverse. And to everyone else who has been supporting us on the Patreon, a big thank you. Come to the Digital Drift Forum to discuss these shows with the fan base, or you can post messages directly on the Patreon feed. If you're not able to support New Century with your dollars, that's alright, there are other ways you can help it grow, and that's by leaving four or five star iTunes reviews. And if you can make the time to say a few kind words in that review, that all helps the show gain visibility, and gets it into the ears of new listeners. 